back to the office, hybrid workplaces, remote working. These are all decisions that organizations are facing as they look at the future of work. So join us as we talk about how we navigate career development when it comes to the hybrid workplace. So tune in and join us for the CG Hour. Welcome everyone to the CG Hour. My name is Fanny Dunnigan and welcome to the show. This is the show where every month we come to you with thought leaders, trusted advisors, experts of their field to talk about the latest hot topics in the field of technology and business. And so thank you for joining us live. We are coming to you from LinkedIn Live as well as YouTube Live and a variety of platforms. So make sure you drop in the comments below and introduce yourself to the others in the comments. Let people know what you do, introduce yourself, where you're tuning in from, and take advantage of the fact that you can network in the comments as well and build up your network as well as your connections. So thank you for joining us. This week, this month, we are gonna talk all about career development in the hybrid workplace. And we are joined by a variety of guests. And uh, before we get to that, I'd like to share with you this research video that we've done around this topic. So let's roll it. Welcome everybody. For those that are just joining us, this is the CG Hour where we will be talking about career development in the hybrid workplace. 
just want to give a quick shout out to people that are tuning in from across the state, across the country, across the globe. We have Ko from Plano, Texas. We have Ahana from Delhi, India. Stacy from Capel, and uh, Sachin from Frisco. So all around the city and the globe, thank you for tuning in to the CG Hour. Again, we are talking about career development in the hybrid workplace. And I want to introduce you all to our expert panel this week. I'm going to start all the way here with Sarjeet Kanungo. Welcome to the show, Sarjeet. Thank you, Fanny. Yes. Very excited to be here. Absolutely. Thank you for what you do. Thank um, you. Well, my name is Sarjeet Kanungo. I'm the president of CG Infinity. Uh, been with the company for almost 13 years this February it's going to be. It's been a fun ride. I still feel like a kid in a candy shop <laughs> and having a blast. Uh, we've grown probably 30 times in revenue and maybe 16 times in employee strength. So feels like we're getting started here. Awesome, awesome. And I want to add a few things from your bio as well. Sarjeet is passionate about helping customers realize consistent value from their investments in technology, as well as growing employees to delight their customers. And uh, he has also spearheaded multiple long-term business systems roadmap efforts. So, so glad you could join us, Sarjeet. Thank you, Fanny. And then we have here Misty Jeffries from American Airlines. Misty is the Director of Team Member Services and Absence Management for American Airlines in Fort Worth, Texas, and has been with American for 26 years. Congrats. And over the years, Misty has held a variety of positions, including Director of Integrated Health Management and Senior Manager of Workers' Comp and Disability. And in her current role, Misty has responsibility for Human Resource Services, compensation, ADA, and time away from work programs, which support over 100,000 employees. So lots of experience there. We're looking forward to hearing your expertise. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And last but not least, we have Andrew Jackson, president of Bravo Tech. Thank you for joining us, Andrew. Happy to be here. Yeah, Andrew is an entrepreneurial leader who has been managing and building technical and IT staffing companies for more than 30 years. And he is co-founder and president of Bravo Tech, a leading IT staffing firm based here in Texas, Dallas. And uh, he also currently serves as president of, the inner, uh, president of the National Board of Tech Serve Alliance, which is an association of 350 technology staffing firms. He is an active member of the DFW SIM chapter as an at-large board director and was a past member of both the SIM Management Council and the SIM National Board. Full of credentials, no, Andrew. We're I'd looking forward to hearing your recruiting experience. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, so let's get straight to it. We are talking about career development in the hybrid workplace. And we want to kick off with kind of the perspectives that you all are seeing, both from your perspective as an employer, as well as from your employees' perspective. Uh, Sarajit, looking back over these last two years of the pandemic, going from remote work, hybrid, what's been the lessons you've learned from that experience? 
Yeah, I think uh, three years is a little short time to accumulate all the lessons learned, but there are clearly few takeaways that I can see that we have experienced. You know, the number one is that, you know, the sky did not fall, right? Mm. Everything was fine, but we thought March of 2020 that everything is going to fall, right? Yeah. It didn't. So uh, that's the number one takeaway is that every adversity has opportunity tied with it. Um, so that's a really good one. Um, the second lesson learned is that, you know, I think we have, we have figured a way to be effective and productive and in fact thrive in this uh, adversity. Um, but um, we still are trying to figuring, uh, figuring out, you know, how do we bring the creativity and grow our culture while being distributed, the workforce being distributed. So um, that part, we are still a work in progress. Yeah. And for your organization, are you remote, in person, or hybrid? You know, uh, even pre-COVID, the nature of our business is such that we have 40% of our employee here in US and 60% in mostly New Delhi, India. And so we've always adopted a hybrid work yeah. culture in pre-COVID. But, you know, right now the best way to describe is work from anywhere. Got it. Um, Got it. Yeah. And for those of you in the audience, drop in the comments below whether you are remote, in-person, hybrid. Let us know in the comments as we collaborate and share here. And then Misty, from American Airlines perspective, you've run the whole gamut, right? When everything shut down and even like travel was affected. What have been some of the lessons that you guys have learned from that perspective of remote versus hybrid versus in-person? Absolutely, um, Fanny. I mean, one of the things I think is a little bit unique about American is mm -hmm. that uh, with our over 100,000 employees, uh, we do have 85% of our employees are actually frontline employees um, yeah. out in the airports, yeah. right? Um, running the operation day in and day out. So um, our leadership and support staff um, were the ones that were in office, right, when the pandemic hit um, two and a half years ago. And so uh, we did have to shift, shift because I will say in the past, we have not had a bias toward remote working, mm -hmm. uh, unlike yourself. Um, so that, that was a big, big change for us. Um, also a little bit unique was the fact that we had just built a brand new uh, campus yeah. uh, facility, um, not only for our leadership and support um, teams, but also for our frontline team members to come to when they come to training or reoccurrent certification, those kind of things. And so um, the goal was always to have, you know, one campus for all team members. And um, it just so happened that the pandemic hit right as we were um, rolling yeah. out that campus. So um, that was one of the things that we've had to adjust uh, on a go forward basis as far as, you know, those facilities and how they're used. Um, I will say that one of the other lessons learned that we have is that one plan does not fit all, yeah. right? So 
Um, some, some of our teams um, are more on a what I would call more of a hybrid um, type of uh, work arrangement, um, where other folks are coming into the office five days a week. So it really varies um, by department. And I think what has worked well for us is we've given our managers the um, flexibility to be able to make some of those decisions and empower them to do what works best for their teams. Got it. And Andrew, you get the very broad perspective dealing with a variety of employers. What have you kind of seen as the lessons that have come out over the last two years around this future of work? Sure. Well, as you said, I get to address this from my own staff, my recruiters and, and account managers, as well as uh, the companies that we serve. And uh, I think the first lesson learned is uh, remote is not an event. Mm. It, it is mm. going forward. It's a way of doing business. I, I heard someone say one time, uh, this remote thing is not a tsunami, it's climate change. <laughs> and that's really is. is we have to operate in this environment going forward. Um, other lessons learned for us are that some people want to work remote. Uh, some don't. Uh, some people are good at working remote and some people aren't. And assessing that uh, is, is tough. So we have to change the way we manage our people. And then, and then the last thing I'll say is that going forward, um, we just don't know what we don't know. And, and it's just one of those things that we're constantly changing. How many times do you want to meet virtually? How many times in person? What roles work? Work from anywhere, as you said, Sarjeet. What roles don't? Which roles could be hybrid? So the way we are as BravoTech is I like to say we are a hybrid remote. So we have some people that are 100% remote, some people hybrid. And fortunately, we don't have, like American, where you have to have people come in. We don't have that. So we don't have anyone that is totally in office at this point. It really is depend. I guess the answer is it depends, right? It um, Sarjeet, from the what you've heard from employees, right? What is working, and what still needs adjustment? Yeah, that's a great question. I'll try to be succinct because we could go in five different directions <laughs> yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, you know, um, maybe a year ago. There was a study that Microsoft did, a very exhaustive study, which brings out, and Fanny, you brought that up in the beginning, is that there seems to be a great divide between the employee, what they're expecting, versus what the employers are expecting. We all know that. Yeah, and you know, in our little world at CG Infinity, um, we have close to 400 employees, and you know I will tell you that probably most of the employees they are comfortable working from home. Um, and as an employer, I think I'm comfortable them working from home. Um, what I'm also noticing that probably 20 to 30 percent of our employee um, they are pushing themselves to get out of the comfort zone. And they're asking for, hey, what can we do? You know, some leadership opportunity, formal, informal, it doesn't matter. Uh, so, you know, most of the employees are comfortable uh, at working from home, but I clearly see 20, 30% of the employees are trying to push themselves out of their comfort zone and try to do. Uh, things that they feel like will be better fulfilling for their careers. Got it. Yeah, and across the comments, we're seeing a whole variety of answers from remote as well as hybrid. And uh, 
But Misty, from your perspective, and I guess it's the employee perspective is also different depending on mm -hmm. department, right? right? So maybe you can offer some perspectives of employees in the front line versus employees in the corporate side. What are, your, what are the sentiments you're hearing? Um, I think I would say that um, team members are, are, especially the leadership and management um, positions that work at corporate, um, definitely appreciate the flexibility um, that we've provided um, to our team members. Um, as I said earlier, um, in the past we didn't really have a bias toward remote working, but I think some of our leaders have understood now exactly to some of the benefits of that. Um, and that we do have to adapt with the changing culture and environment that we're in today. So um, we do hear positive feedback. Um, it does bring some challenges from, uh, from a management um, perspective, I think, you know, as far as giving our leaders those resources in, a, in an effort to be able to manage remotely, um, because I think we would all agree that that's very different. Yep. Um, yes. than um, managing uh, a team in person. So um, I think just equipping our leaders um, with those resources is really important. Yeah, uh, we got an interesting comment in the comments here uh, from Katie, very true here. One of the things she's noticed as a remote employee is that she finds herself working more hours than if she were in the office, which is kind of true. Mm -hmm. I, I'm checking more my emails and things like that. Um, Andrew, what are you seeing as the desires and wants of candidates as you kind of go out with a variety of roles and work environments? What is that sentiment from the candidate point of view? Well, there's definitely a uh, push towards having some component of the job remote. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, people just want that. They, they become accustomed to having some, some remote a day, day or two a week. Uh, the other thing that, that we've noticed is that some jobs that could be total work from anywhere, as you as you mentioned, you'll have a broader reach of candidates because you know you think about it, those people don't have to be able to commute to work every day. They're commuters to the you know to the desk. Um, so a work from anywhere arrangement would have a broader candidate pool. Uh, and then the other thing that 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 I think about is when someone says, oh we're we're going to have one day, one day you have to come into the office. That doesn't mean that much. Well, yes, it does. It cuts off all the work from anywhere opportunity for those candidates. So as, a, as an employer looking for more staff, having those options, the, the remote options, is real important. And the other thing that we've noticed, and this was from my staff, is that since we went to work from anywhere, uh, I had one employee that was, their, their husband got transferred and they had to move to a different town. Before this, that employee would have quit, looked for another job in the other town, probably not told us until they found the other job and then, and then they'd quit. The fact that they knew that our culture is that you can work from anywhere, they just let us know that they were going to move to, um, happen to be Iowa, and we said, great, we kept a good employee. So letting your employees know your policies and, and which jobs are work from anywhere or not is real important. Have you seen as much like relocation kind of packages and relocation experiences nowadays just because people can work anywhere? Yeah, we've had, we've had people that have moved. I had one employee that, that bought a house Still, in, huh? yeah, in um, mm. Utah and, mm. and, and just, you know, why not live where they want to live That's if we can work from home? Yeah. Got it. Okay. So as you can see, there's a whole variety of perspectives from the employer point of view as well as the employees. 
And we're going to move on now to the next topic. But before we do that, we want to play this quick video for you of some of the events that have happened with CG Infinity over the last month. Thank you for joining us. Those that are just tuning in, you are watching the CG Hour. We're talking all about career development in the hybrid workplace. I want to give a shout out to Hope in the audience. She has a really great comment about knowing the policies definitely helps employees how and where to work for sure. The more clarity we have, the more we can have that transparency with the employees. So let's move on now to the impacts of hiring and impacts on hiring now that we are pretty much in a hybrid kind of workplace. And I want to start off with chatting with you, Andrew. Um, I read a great piece by you about some of the challenges around hiring and some of the things that you highlighted or that you've seen for employers are things like increased um, failed background checks as well as candidate identity fraud as well as job double dipping. Is that some of the things that you've seen kind of prevalent in the hiring space right now? And, and what are your thoughts around that? So <laughs> we're in the IT hiring space, right? Yeah. And so the, 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 that article that I wrote, uh, the part about, the, um, about failed background checks mm -hmm. was just the fact that there's such a low unemployment right now within the IT community. It's if unemployment, perfect unemployment is 4%, we're at 2.78 or so mm -hmm. in the IT. So there are people entering the IT workforce that might not have in the past. So it has more to do with that than the actual, the hybrid remote. Supply. Um, yeah, the supply and demand, yes. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that concerns me is the double dipping. Uh, when someone is not in an office, there's the opportunity for them to be 
swayed by having you know, the income of a second uh, opportunity. And uh, my advice to employers is to work with your staff and work on outputs. And, and so that you, I don't like the, there's software they're called Bossware that keeps track of keystrokes and things like that. I'm not a fan of that, of yeah. Bossware. But the idea of having clear expectations and, and uh, deliverables, and it takes a different kind of management to, to manage people in a remote uh, workforce, it does. But it can be done, and I think that people are learning, and maybe some people that were lured away by a second job are learning that that's not, it's not gonna work, work out for them well. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there are, there's policies, right, around especially um, employees not being able to work for a competitor or things like that. So it can get into some sticky, sticky situations. I would caution right? against double dipping. Yes, <laughs> yes absolutely. Um, from your point of view, Sarajit, what are some of the things that you're putting in place when it comes to hiring or, or things that have changed when it comes to hiring? Well, a lot of things actually have changed. Uh, in short, our horizon for hiring has expanded. Um, like in March of 2020, I, maybe we have employees predominantly in Texas, maybe one or two other states, maybe one person in Florida and one person in New Mexico. Um, you know, today when I look at our payroll, we have employees in over 10 states. Wow. So, um, does that mean that we actually made an effort to go and, you know, hire in other states? No, but what happened is that, you know, some of the employees uh, or some, some people in our network who live out of Texas, they reached out to us, they may gravitate towards our culture and we embrace them. And the second evolution is, you know, you have this small group of employees in places like Little Rock and Albuquerque, they wanted to attract other people. And so we actually built offices around them. So we have offices now in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas and Albuquerque, New Mexico. We have great, excited group of uh, leaders there. They're building teams there. So very the talent pool has expanded. Yeah, right? and yeah. It's, it's mostly a pull effect rather than you know push effect. I'd love to hear from the audience as well. Share your experience. If you changed jobs or got a new job or transitioned during this pandemic, what are some of the things that you've learned and would like to share with the audience in the comments? Now, Misty, from your perspective, um, obviously, you know, frontline staff are still on site, but have you seen any differences with all the different work options for your corporate staff? Uh, we have, like I mentioned earlier, I think we've given our, um, our employees uh, more flexibility mm -hmm. to do more of a hybrid. I wouldn't say that we've, we've gone to the extent that Andrew has and been fully remote um, because we do have a very um, expansive campus yeah. um, that we do like um, for our team members to take advantage of. And we think that the collaboration that they bring together um, to that campus is, is really important. Um, one of the, the unique things I think that we have offered is um, with that campus is a lot of um, uh, outdoor workspaces. And we encourage our team members, even though they may be in the, on the campus, but to work um, in different locations uh, around the campus and to experience and, and to actually um, uh, you know, meet other team members that they right. may not have 
done so in the past. So from different departments, yeah, exactly. And all that, yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you still mainly predominantly hire within the Dallas-Fort Worth area where the campus is? Uh, for the most part, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, now, also with Misty, um, you know, you're in human resources. Has any of your HR policies had to change post-pandemic? Um, they have. One of the ones that really um, sticks out is um, early on, given that our team members were considered essential workers, right, um, yeah. during the pandemic, um, we did roll out a pandemic leave policy mm -hmm. um, that we offered to all of our team members. Um, we felt it was really important, obviously, to take care of our team during that time and wanted them to, um, you know, have the... Um, the flexibility to, to take that time off if they needed it or you know felt ill and couldn't come to work so that was one of the things that we rolled out very early on in the pandemic um, mm -hmm. to take care of our team members we have um, since rolled that back um, just given the place where we are um, today in the in the environment so. could i uh, please the, yeah. something you said reminded yeah. me of something so at the beginning of the pandemic, we had a, a full-in office, and I was one of those. Everyone has to be in the office every day. I was I was on the dark side of this. Old school. Yeah. I was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and then pandemic came. When the pandemic came, we went full full remote, yeah. and we were fortunate. You mentioned your headquarters. Our headquarters here in Dallas we had the tenth floor of a building, mm -hmm. and our lease ended, and so we didn't have an office at all for a while. It was great savings on rent, but there were a certain percentage of our employees that did not they weren't good at it or didn't want to do it wanted, right. wanted to come into an office yep. and so then we we signed a lease so that people do have an option mm -hmm. and i think people need that option of some place to go and yep. and so that it, like i said working remote is not for everyone mm-hmm yeah uh yeah one of the stories in the comments from ahana is for them, working from home was fun initially, but I feel that the environment, growth, and interaction that work from office provides has its own advantages, for sure. Um, but Andrew, I'd love to hear from you also, because you have that spectrum of a variety of employers that go through your, your hiring services. Um, what Do you see different HR policies and benefits coming out of the last two years that have changed? around hiring? Yes, uh, the pendulum is swift. You know, it swings. Everybody went rem remote. Some people went all remote and they're coming back. Some people are saying everyone back in the office just without regard to what the role is. Uh, and and they're, they're, people aren't coming back. Some people aren't coming back because they, they want a remote or partially remote position. So my advice is to have a policy that looks at each role and says, okay, what are the parameters of this role. Can it be done 100% remote? And then make sure that you've got the policies so that you can manage those people and also maintain your culture, which is a, is a big issue. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later on. But um, that's what we did. And so we have, you know, the recruiters that work for us, all they need is a phone. And so they can they can do that. If a customer service rep, there's certain, you know, uh, certain roles that, that they can do that with a phone. There's certain roles, in you know, world IT, right? But, but like desk side support, where you're gonna have to touch the equipment, that, that, that cannot be a remote role. But maybe one day a week, they could do paperwork. And so you can, some people would like that one day. So it depends on the role. Got it. And I love that perspective. Rather than have a, having a blanket, one HR policy for all, you look at the role and then the specifics around that. Could I add one more thing to that? Please. So you think about making policy and you think about diversity of thought. Mm -hmm. 
And one of the things that I would like to promote is that when you're making policies, is have someone in the room that is an advocate of the remote option. Because if you don't, they will be, they, they've got to be represented or it won't enter into your, your process, management process. So that's a, a suggestion I have. Got it. Thank you. Um, so anything you'd like to add, Sarjeet? Has your HR policies and benefits changed? Well, um, not really. Mm. Um, the way I think about the whole situation is driven by uh, HBR came up with, Howard Business Review came up with a framework early last year, beginning of 2021, which called, talks about uh, five C's of challenges that a remote work poses. And I've become a big fan of that. And those five are communication, coordination, connection, creativity, and culture. I think the first three, uh, are more me mechanics. We could put mechanics to tackle those. Uh, and we've done a good job. I think employer at large have done a great job of that. Even banks are functioning, regional banks are functioning uh, remotely. So I think the where I think we can elevate a lot of work in progress items are around how do we promote creativity and mm. culture growth. I think that's where, where my mind is. I think there are a lot of employer I talk to, the CEOs, that's where their minds are. 100%, yeah. yeah. And that leads in very well to the next segment that we're gonna have. But before I do that, I do wanna call out this question from Bopi, <laughs> the CEO of uh, Cyber Group and uh, CG Infinity. Uh, great question here, and I thought I'd direct that to Misty, and let me know if you can or cannot answer okay. this. Um, he asks, what impact does hybrid work have on things like we uh, workman's comp and kind of liability insurance policies? Has that kind of changed, have you seen? It, it hasn't really changed so much, but it is something that definitely needs to be considered, mm -hmm. right? I mean, um, with respect to worker's comp, um, that does fall within my span of care, and um, that is something that varies by state. Right, so it really depends on what state you're in and what the laws are. So I would just encourage the audience to make sure they, that you reach out to your, your agent or your broker to make sure that those are well covered from an employer perspective um, and just make sure that, that the leaders and internally as well understand kind of what some of the pitfalls may be there. And actually, out of my own curiosity, mm -hmm. is it a matter of the state that the employee works in versus the state that the headquarters are? It's typically where they live. Got it. Yeah, okay. it's what it usually is in most states. Okay, thank yep. you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so as we wrap up this segment here, I want to roll this video for you all. Just something to kind of bring a smile to your face. Some of the holiday and Diwali celebrations that have been happening over the last month.
Don't you just love the celebration of diversity there? Uh, so as we move on and look towards the future now, right? We want to look towards what initiatives and what tactics or next steps that we can look at when it comes to developing staff and employees and career development and growth. So looking forward towards the future, I'm going to go through and kind of do round robin, do real quick here, um, just around different topics and some of the initiatives that you've seen work or not work um, in your organizations or your clients as well. Um, so something that has worked or not worked, Sarjeet, when it comes to maintaining effective communications in hybrid workplaces? Yeah, I think for the most part, I think it has worked. Um, the, the fact that, um, you know, through, through the pandemic in the last 30 months or so, you know, our customers have consistently been spending more money with us and we keep growing our headcount and we keep uh, growing our people, promoting them in the organization, it tells me that the communication um, has worked as well as it could have worked. Uh, from your perspective, Misty, you're, you're an organization of 100,000 employees. Uh, for those that are kind of hybrid, how has communications worked or not worked? Yeah, Fanny, I think one of the things that we have really encouraged um, our leaders is to do is to, to hold those like one-on-one -on -one team meetings with their individual mm -hmm. um, team members, right? Um, um, we often in the past would hold, you know, team meetings when we were in the office, um, but we found it really effective for um, our leaders to have those, and we encourage them to do it almost weekly, if possible, to have those one-on-ones, um, just to stay connected. Uh, and make sure that um, everyone knew what was going on. Um, the other thing I would say from a communications perspective is, is repeat the communication. It's yeah. not a one and done uh, communication, yeah. especially when you're, to your point, you're going out to a large audience, is, is to repeat that and sometimes to allow team members to process um, you know, for the first time that something is communicated, especially a change in the environment that we've been in and has changed so much, is to, is to you know, send, uh, Communicate and then communicate again. Yeah, so. repetition. Yes, exactly. Those of you in the audience, drop in the comments what has worked or not worked that you've seen in your organizations when it comes to communications. Please share that with each other. Andrew, what have you seen work or not work when it comes to communications? Well, I was going to go to one of the things Sarajit said. He said one of the C's was connect. And one, you know, at first you say connect, like in technically connect, make sure. That, but the other is connect with your coworkers, right? So there's a connect squared. And and so I was thinking about that uh, during the pandemic, the early stages. Everybody had the virtual happy hours and things like that. That was it. Now, if you're going to maintain a hybrid workforce or a remote workforce, is to take those events and make them cultural like ongoing things like instead of just having one time event have a book club and so it has a life on ongoing and so in those groups to get together and stay together and continue to do that one of the success uh, things that we've been able to do in the virtual world is have prop points and everybody gets points to prop them up and the way it does you can do it by small teams or, or whatever but uh, we take a team 
in at the end of every week, people will get 20 points. And they can say, I'm going to give my 20 points to, to Misty. And, 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 and she did a great job helping me with, with, with this issue. I, you know, I gave my 20 points to someone else. And then we have one person total them all up. And then on Mondays, we spin a virtual wheel. And whoever got the most prop points gets a prize, whether it be a gift card or a, an item on the wheel. And that's gone really well. Yeah. It gets the team working together. It gets people... You, the, the things that you'd normally do in an office, the thank yous, it gets them out there. And uh, it's, been, it's been well received in, in, in a good program. I love that. Acknowledging, connecting, and celebrating all in one. I love that. Uh, moving on to the next one, when it comes to training and mentoring, how are you doing that in a hybrid kind of workplace environment, Sarjeet? Yeah, so... Um, Obviously, in the early stages of COVID, we had to do that uh, mostly remotely. So we took our mentoring program completely mm. um, offline, mm. uh, not offline, uh, you know, it's uh, basically remote. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have virtual tea or coffee sessions mm. our mentors had with their mentees. But lately, last six months or so, we have started several on, um, in-person um, training sessions. So we made a commitment to ourselves three months ago that, you know, once every Friday, one Friday of a month, half a day, we're going to stop doing billable work and we're going to come in person and we're going to pick topics that is most important to our customers and our uh, colleagues and we're going to do two or three training session in the afternoon and then of course there is alcohol involved after that. <laughs> but, but and you involve so. both employees as well as clients? Well we have not gone yet to the client but our intention to uh, draw uh, our clients into those training programs. Awesome. Yeah. yeah we saw some of those lecture series on the videos that we just played right? That's correct. Got That's it. Correct. And is there an option for those that can only join remotely to watch it remotely? Well, yeah, you know, deliberately, I'm trying to encourage mm -hmm. us to get out of our comfort zone and show up because I'm, I'm a big believer in uh, people can work anywhere, but 100% remote is going to be suboptimal for individual as well as team or a company performance. So. I've deliberately kept it uh, in person. And the other reason is, you know, connectivity in a, you know, multi-environment still steals the thunder of, you know. So, so we have so far done doing it in person only, um, but we have plans to go, you know, take these sessions to our smaller offices like Albuquerque and, and Little Rock and Houston as well. Got it. So. Like a road show. Yep. <laughs> Very nice. Misty, has things changed in terms of training and mentoring and career development now that we are kind of 
hybrid slash in-person for American? It has in, in some respects, Fanny. I mm. mean, obviously with our frontline team members, they still do need to come in-person training. For instance, yeah. flight attendant training, that's very difficult for to sure. do online, right? <laughs> for sure. So, yes. or a pilot, you don't want mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, to uh, have that remote. So, but for our, um, our management and leadership staff, um, mm -hmm. for sure, yeah, we've definitely gone to uh, more online training um, related um, versus in person, and actually some of, some of the training for our um, frontline team members has also been remote. So the welcome to American training that we do, um, just so that we make sure that we include all of our stakeholders in that training. So we wanted to make sure that um, folks still had the opportunity to hear from from different groups within the organization, especially for those new team members. So I would say, again, it's a little bit of a hybrid, yeah. right? So yeah. as we look at, and I'm sure that it will continue to evolve um, over, the, over the coming months as right. well. So. Andrew, they're loving your book club idea in the comments, so thank you for that. Sure. Um, what are you seeing in terms of that uh, training, mentoring, and even like especially like younger candidates? How is that being treated? Well, a couple of things. One, on the training topic, what we're doing going forward, not today, but our plan uh, going forward is everything we do in training will also video. So there'll be an option for the, the people that weren't uh, able to get there or that maybe that were in the remote environment. So yeah. uh, duplicate training with that. The other thing, and, and, and Sergit uh, referred to that, is that we have in-person events where you have to come in person if you can. So, so, you know, if everyone, that, that you can't hide from the remote because some people, you know, they just, you don't want them to be hermits, right? So I agree with that. And the add-on, what we try to do is those that are remote, totally remote, maybe in different city, they can't make those events. We encourage all the remote workers to have a separate event. We give them a budget. And so, that, so if we have a happy hour in person where everybody local is supposed to be there, those that are remote can have a Grubhub and we give them um, so they can have food delivered and they have a virtual event. So that they still feel part of the group even though they can't be there. And then our plan is to have uh, twice a year everybody is in person remote no matter where they are bring them in to dallas so that that we do at least get some face time because i agree you know you've got to have some face time absolutely anything different or extra that you need to do for some of your younger recruiters people that might need extra handholding uh, you know i just gotta be careful with how i say this my mm -hmm. personal view is that, that the Workforce sub 30 years old, maybe the, 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 this, this job is in their first couple out of, out of school or in, entering the workforce. They tend to like and need more time in the office. They like the collaboration more than more than the, the, the older workforce. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be careful I say that, but it's just what, my, what I've seen. Yeah. And so that was yeah. one of the reasons that we, we got the office space because we, we went too far with the pendulum and said mm -hmm. everybody's remote. Mm -hmm. And then the people that said, Hey, I, I, I want to come on. And, and so we were going to lose people, just the opposite. I'm sitting there saying, hey, you, you've got to give remote, you're going to lose people. Well, if you're totally remote, you're going to lose people if you don't have some place for them to collaborate as well. So uh, there's, it's just the right, the arrow needs to be right in the middle, I'll say. Yeah. And listening, right? Yes. Listening to what people want. Yeah, and that's another thing we do is a lot of assessments so that people can get a chance to get a voice. Anonymous, uh, uh, use SurveyMonkey, something easy like that, right. just so people right. can respond to what they want. Uh, Sarjeet or Misty, anything extra you're doing for some of your younger employees? Maybe Sarjeet first. Yeah, so we do hire mm, quite a few bright young kids 
technical uh, computer science or information mm -hmm. systems kit from college. And yeah. you know, last couple of years has we realized that they have a an unique they face an unique challenge. You know, previously when they would be hired, they are surrounded by a lot of experienced people yeah. around all level. They could go have a water cooler conversation with somebody not on their project. Yeah. But they'd miss uh, that uh, opportunity to interact and because to me when I look back 30 years ago that was a big part of my development so uh, one of the things my team has been very good in doing this is they're pretty much uh, taking it upon themselves some of the experienced uh, leaders in the company that they would make sure they show up and they spend time with the younger generation. That was not planned or that was not by policy, but you know, the leaders in, in my team has taken the high road and they show up and make sure that these young, hungry professionals have adequate human interaction. Right. And, and Absolutely. What about for you at American, for your entry-level, junior kind of employees? Anything extra that's needed? I don't know that I would say it's extra, Fanny, but one of the things that we have continued to promote through the pandemic is our what we call our employee resource groups. Um, and there's 20-plus of those throughout the organization. And we find it very beneficial, especially for any new team member, to be able to identify with one of those resource groups. Um, that's a, a sense of belonging. Uh, it's a community for them. Um, which oftentimes if they're not a part of, then, you know, in a big organization, sometimes it gets lost, right? Yeah. Um, so um, that's something that we've continued to promote both online and in-person events um, really throughout the pandemic. So um, it's something that we've found very beneficial. Love that. Employee resource groups. And again, drop into the comments, share with everyone your experiences, what worked, what didn't work when it comes to um, that training and mentoring people. Uh, Andrew, I'd like to kind of ask you, so moving on to we've hired, we're trying to nurture and create that kind of training and mentoring uh, environment. Now, how do you retain employees? How do you keep them and how do you ensure that they're not kind of lost in the, the digital space and hybrid world when it so, comes to retention? Okay, I'll get to retention on training. I want to mention one of the things that, that what you train is important too. And, and one of the mm. things that we just did, actually did one today, is on time management. So mm. that people, because when they're working outside the office environment, we, you need to help you know, people understand the things that make you better time management because you can get sidetracked. Yeah. Um, as far as retention goes, I think that centers around culture and, and, and make sure that people feel Connected in part, connected again, Sergi, but part of the part of the group um, assessments get to know how people feel, uh, uh, you know, and ask them to rate themselves. Mm. You know, uh, just how what what are your one through ten? What do you what do you feel about what you your position in the company? Do you like it? Are you are you happy with your? And people will tell you if they're if they're happy or not. And then when they if they don't give a high enough percentage. Uh, pull them aside and talk and see what can we do to help you get where that number can be, you know, higher, more. Um, I think those are the things I can think about on retention. Got it. Assessments. Um, Sarjeet, from your perspective, 
any initiatives that have worked or not worked when it comes to kind of retaining employees and maintaining that culture of CG Infinity? Yeah, I think their um, retention and culture, they have a very strong correlation. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, as Andrew would attest to this, that last two, two and a half years, I mean, the attrition rate in our industry is very high. Um, and so, as employer, we had to work extra hard to make sure uh, we retain people. And, you know, there are some ways I see people, they're paying, you know, employers are paying more. And uh, the way we try to uh, approach retention is through our culture. Like, you know, there are every employee, if we are transparent and tell them that, hey, we're not going to be the highest paid employer, but here is what else you are getting here and you will be missing if you go and go to the highest paid. Uh, you know, the economy is not going to be like the way it has been for tech workers like uh, for last 30 months. It's not going to be the same. So, you know, just expanding on your culture and being very authentic, is, I've seen that it works very well for us. Yeah. And I'm not an employee of CG Infinity, but even your tagline of people first driven to transform, I really do see that your employees kind of live it and breathe it. Yeah. That's the idea. Yeah, Thank that's you. your culture. <laughs> yeah. Um, I need, so attrition rate can be high in the technology industry. What is kind of attrition in the airline industry, Misty? In the past, uh, it's typically been very low mm -hmm. uh, attrition, and that really stems from. Um, most of our um, team members are covered under a collective bargaining agreement, mm. right? And so everything is very seniority uh, based. So, um, but I will say um, through the pandemic, as everybody has experienced, um, our attrition rate has increased. Mm. Um, and so I think one of the things that we've tried to do is, is um, educate our team members and communicate again about the value proposition that we have, right? Mm -hmm. I think sometimes that gets lost in um, you know in in the background and so folks you know forget about some of the offerings that we do have and some of the, the benefits and perks and privileges that come along with working for mm. a, a large corporation and beef an airline yeah. and so we've tried to do a better job at making sure our team members understand um, the value uh, of the company that they're actually working for mm. any specific initiatives that you put in place around maintaining culture for those that are now kind of partly hybrid? Right, just, I mean, just staying connected. I think it all kind of goes back to that, right? So yes, communications and um, making sure that folks um, have someone that they can um, rely on as well, yeah. whether it is their, um, their immediate manager or maybe it's through a mentorship or an employee business group, some mm -hmm. sense of belonging, right? Because I think that's what often does get lost uh, in the remote uh, workforce. And also a career path, right? Mm -hmm. you need exactly. A well-defined yeah. career path so that they know that where they can go within and stay within the company, they don't have to leave to go exactly. somewhere else. And you yep. all define that really well. Absolutely. Some of the suggestions we're getting in the comments. Uh, Sheila, uh, one of the ways to promote better training and retention in hybrid situations or remote is having those smaller breakout groups in yeah. Zoom, Microsoft Teams. 
so true, so it's not so overwhelming with a big group. You mm -hmm. kind of break out into smaller groups. Yeah. Thank you for that, Sheila. Um, as we kind of wrap up the show, I'd love to kind of get maybe a final piece of advice or sharing around the table here, around the couch here. Mm -hmm. um, Andrew, anything that you'd like to say just in general around career development in the hybrid workplace? I wish you'd picked on me third. <laughs> no, I, I I, I think, no, no, it's, it's, I, I'll go. It's, it's a moving target and, mm. and we don't have all the answers. And I think, I think that's it. I, I think that um, making people feel connected as we discussed, uh, asking them what they want, uh, understanding them, making sure people know they're heard is, is real important. Having good policies, uh, uh, work on retention. Uh, it's a full-time job. Um, having the right mix of in-person versus virtual meetings. And then also having, as you mentioned, team meetings at different levels so that they can get together and, and, and work together. Uh, you want the people to feel sticky. You want them mm. as part of, the, uh, part of the company. But um, it's a moving target and, yeah. and, uh, and we're just constantly trying to, we have meetings and again, have someone from the, an advocate for the remote culture in those meetings so that they have an opportunity to voice their concern. If you have meetings where it's just all the people in the headquarters in the office that you know that just you know want everybody in there to see their eyeballs, it's 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 not gonna work. Right. You've got to have that 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 advocate in the room for the remote workforce. And then listening and yes. then mixing it up. <laughs> yes. Um, Sarjeet, your perspective? Yeah, just picking up what Andrew just said, uh, you know, just creating an environment where uh, you know, we all know every business, whether it is uh, American Airlines for Misty or Bravo Tech for Andrew or CG Infinity for me, just we have to be constantly innovative. And uh, our employees, they are going to drive a lot of innovation. So how do we create that environment in a hybrid environment so that we drive the innovation? Innovations mm -hmm. are often not evolution, but it's more accidents. How do we create that is a big opportunity for me as an employer to to really figure out. And Absolutely. Probably work in progress at best right now. Yeah, yeah, and I saw a comment in the audience as well, like driving innovation and then creativity. Yeah. Something that just yeah. sometimes needs that kind of organic conversations to, to spur that, right? And Misty, from your perspective, any final words? Yeah, I just would add on to that flexibility, right? I mean, mm. two and a half years ago, whoever guessed we would be where we are today, right? <laughs> so just yeah. <laughs> being flexible and adaptable through that process. We've all learned a lot, I think, and we'll continue to learn as we go mm. forward. So um, I think we just have to keep that in mind. What it is today, it's not going to be what it is tomorrow. So flexibility, listening, adaptability, driving innovation, driving creativity. Um, this kind of wraps up our show with their final words here. But I did want to kind of thank all of you, Sarjeet, Misty, and Andrew, for all your amazing perspectives and insights and different points of view. And also to thank you in the audience. This is our last episode of 2022. For the CG Hour, we so appreciate you in the audience, your perspectives, your comments, your addition to the topics that we discuss. And I want to kind of sum up 
in this next video some of our past episodes. This wraps up our eighth episode. So make sure you kind of go back and watch them. So here's a summary of all our past episodes for the CG Hour. can see we had a whole slew of amazing topics so you'll want to go back and watch anything that you missed and offer your perspectives as well you can find all of them on YouTube at the CG Infinity Inc channel so thank you everybody in the audience thank you to our amazing panel we wrap up this year and wishing everybody an amazing holiday season and uh, We'll finish with this tagline, people first, driven to transform. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone on the panel. We'll see you next year.